In international news, Tuvalu has voted in a national election in which members of its 16-seat parliament were elected. Prime Minister Kausia Natano, Tuvalu's pro-Taiwan leader, has lost his seat. And now it has been reported that China had tried to meddle in the election by offering a monetary reward to local media to put out disinformation concerning Taiwan-Tuvalu relations. Local media did not take the bait, and Taiwan's foreign ministry has come out to condemn the incident. Taiwan's longtime ally in the South Pacific, Tuvalu, held a national election on January 26, in which members of its 16-seat parliament were elected. The island nation will choose its prime minister in another election in the near future. One day before the election, a local media outlet received an email from an account using the domain CGTN.com, which belongs to China Global Television Network, a Chinese state media outlet. The email asked that a senior person in the Tuvalu Broadcasting Corporation write an 800-word opinion article focusing on the Tuvalu election and the country's potential to cut ties with Taiwan. It also stated that there would be a payment of 450 U.S. dollars for the article. Some members of the media believe that it is a report about the souring friendship between Taiwan and Tuvalu or some disinformation that surfaced over time aiming to undermine the friendship between Taiwan and Tuvalu. We must condemn such devious behavior and call on the international community to pay close attention and jointly repel the manipulation of democratic countries' elections by authoritarian countries. In fact, its main purpose is to undermine the trust between two parties, as well as sway public opinion and the vox populi in the target country so as to create antagonism between different groups, thereby causing chaos in the target country. This expert believes that China's cognitive warfare efforts are aimed at causing social strife rather than influencing the election. Incumbent Prime Minister Kazia Natano, who has visited Taiwan and met with President Tsai Ing-wen, failed to secure re-election, leading to worries about the future of Taiwan-Tuvalu relations. However, former Prime Minister Enele Sopoaga, who has a clear pro-Taiwan stance and was once the ambassador to Taiwan, was re-elected as a member of parliament. He will compete with the pro-China parliamentarian Steve Paiyu, who is also the current finance minister, and the newly elected parliamentarian Faleti Teo for the seat of prime minister. The prime minister who wanted to maintain firm diplomatic relations with Taiwan was unfortunately defeated by a small number of votes. However, the reason for his defeat had nothing to do with advocating friendship with Taiwan. Therefore, the overall political structure of Tuvalu is still beneficial to Taiwan's position as a diplomatic ally. According to the election results obtained by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, most of the elected candidates have had frequent interactions with our embassy, hold a friendly stance toward us, and support the continuation of the friendship between our two countries. China continues to eye Taiwan's diplomatic allies, and diplomats fear a domino effect after Nauru severed ties with Taiwan recently. For now, officials are keeping their guard up to defend Taiwan's 45-year friendship with Tuvalu. Well, blood donation centers across Taiwan are once again experiencing a blood shortage. The Taichung and Xinju blood banks have enough supply to last 5.9 days. The one in Kaohsiung, 6.3 days, and the one in Taipei, just 4.8 days. 
of shortest supply at the moment is type O blood. Let's hear from a nurse. We hope people can look at it from the perspective of the patients and not just rush in to donate blood to get souvenirs. People who eat relatively light meals or are vegetarians are prone to iron deficiency. So we would recommend those people eat foods high in iron before donating blood. That could be things like red meat, raisins, or seaweed. We also recommend that women avoid donating directly before or after their menstrual cycle. Taiwan's blood donation centers offer small gifts in the hope of attracting blood donors, but say they hope people would not donate just for the sake of the gifts or conceal issues that would make them unsuitable for donating blood. Nevertheless, the centers are appealing to the public for donations, saying they hope to bring blood supplies up to a secure level of at least seven days' worth. Today, we take you to meet Michelin-starred French chef Florence Dahlia. She has worked at top kitchens across the globe, including at world-renowned Michelin-starred restaurants. Last year, she opened her own private restaurant in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with Dahlia to find out what makes her establishment unique. The first dish is Hokkaido scallops in herb ravioli and topped with champagne emulsion and seaweed butter. It's something totally different. It's more based on Hollandaise sauce, so we do a champagne emulsion. We serve with Hokkaido scallops and seaweed butter is from Brittany, uh, from Bordier uh, Company, which I really like. Then there's this dish. It is roasted frog leg, light garlic, potato foam and parsley veloy. It's also another signature. I'm from Burgundy. It's very famous to eat a frog, but this one is in different way because we're stuffing, roasted. Born in Burgundy, Dahlia enrolled in cooking school at the age of 16, training in top kitchens across Europe. She started her career with the Robuchan Group in 2005, working at the two Michelin starred Joel Robuchan Monte Carlo and later at the three Michelin starred Joel Robuchan Hong Kong. She has worked in Asia for 20 years, across Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Taipei. She received her second star in the Michelin Guide in 2021. Besides Asia, she also traveled to seven South American countries to learn cuisine and management styles. She credits her success to her curiosity. It's just curiosity as passion. I want to taste more, I want to learn more, I want to see what's happening in different countries. Uh, a family from Mediterranean Sea around, and then I'm, I'm curious with everything. And, and my mother used to cook a lot and, and, and very well. Last year, Dahlia opened her own private dining restaurant in Taipei. She offers a chef's table that seats 16 people and serves authentic French cuisine. And I decided to settle down, so it was one of the, of the goals when I come back, is to try a new challenge, is to open a place on my own and do probably something more personal on the, on, in, in, with my cuisine. And uh, what we try to do is to keep like traditional way to cooking. So of course sometimes like the frogs that you're gonna try later is something totally French, but we're sourcing local ingredients for that, which we also want to have something more sustainable. Dahlia hopes to bring a part of France to Taiwan, connecting people from all walks of life through her cuisine. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhen Chenluo in Taipei. Tennis ace Xie Shu Wei was the champion in not one but two categories at the Australian Open. After she won the mixed doubles title on Friday, 
The 38-year-old Shinju native bagged the women's doubles title on Sunday. She teamed up with Elise Mertens of Belgium and dispatched their Ukrainian and Latvian opponents in one hour and 33 minutes in two straight sets. In addition to winning her eighth Grand Slam title, she also became the first player to win both the mixed doubles and women's doubles categories at the Australian Open in 24 years. New Taipei's Pingxi District is famous for its Sky Lantern Festival. Less well-known is the crisis of its aging community. A third of Pingxi's residents is 65 and older, and dozens of them struggle with dementia. In response, local health authorities spent nearly a year providing comprehensive dementia screening to get residents the help they need. Not only that, the town has responded with health initiatives and workshops to create a safe and happy environment for the cognitive impaired. We visit this model community in our Sunday special report. It's bright and early, and most shops here at Pingxi's Jingtong Old Street have yet to open. But at this store near the entrance, you can already hear the rhythmic sounds of work getting done. Pingxi does not have a traditional market. Shopkeeper Li Winchen gets up at 3 a.m. to visit Taipei to buy goods for his neighbors and ingredients for restaurants. Now 64, Li Winchen has been running the family business for more than 30 years. He inherited the shop from his mother, making him the fourth generation owner. Li has witnessed the rise and fall of Pingxi. He's also seen his mother go from powerful businesswoman to basement shut-in. Lee's mother, Li Lingquan, is 91 years old, and her family isn't minding the shop upstairs. You'll often find them keeping her company down below. The family business sells groceries, vegetables, fruit, and even gas for cooking. The Lee's say the business was built on their matriarch's hard work. Grandma used to be a very well-known figure. She was the head of the Women's Association for 20 years. Back then, the Women's Association was one of the three biggest associations in Pingxi. When Jiang Jingguo came, few could approach him, but Grandma was one of the ones who could. Before her 70s, Li Lingquan was the queen of commerce. But after she hit 73, her energy began waning. She would help with sales and ring customers up, but then I realized she was having trouble giving change. When we discovered that, we also couldn't just tell her she was doing it wrong. She wouldn't admit it. She would say, a slip up every now and then is normal. Everyone makes mistakes. 
At the beginning, Li Wenchuan thought his mother's behavior was simply a sign of old age. He only realized something was up when she nearly set the house on fire. She was cooking something and she had turned down the fire to low heat. She forgot about it and went to sleep. We were all sleeping, and then at 11, there was smoke everywhere. We went to look, and it turned out she'd forgotten to turn off the stove. Similar incidents happened three times within just a few months, forcing her family to realize that the problem was beyond old age. Her grandson tried to take her to see a psychiatrist, but she refused. She had a negative impression of psychiatrists. She'd say, that's where crazy people go. Do you think I've gone mad? I'm the head of the Women's Association. I'm as good as can be. After much persuasion, Li Lingquan finally gave in and went to see a doctor who diagnosed her with her mild dementia and prescribed medication to slow down its symptoms. But she wouldn't have it. She took the medicine only a few times before stopping altogether. Despite best efforts, her family was unable to change her mind. Dementia is not just about forgetting things here and there. It also has an impact on your emotional management. Forgetting things would put her in a bad mood. For example, you'd ask her where she put something, and she'd say she didn't put it there. Then everyone would get into an argument over this unimportant thing. I think we can deal with dementia because we're a strong family. If we weren't, dementia would have absolutely torn us apart. About seven years ago, Li Lingcheng got into a traffic accident that worsened her condition. Walking became difficult and her memory suffered. Now she doesn't recognize me. In fact, it's been several years since she stopped recognizing me. She calls me the wrong name, or she calls me dad. Being forgotten by his own beloved mother caused Li Wenchuan unbearable pain. Their story is just one of many like in Pingxi. Pingxi is famed for its sky lanterns, which attract visitors from far and wide. But when it's not hosting the Lantern Festival, it is a town abandoned by young people, a super-aged community. Pingxi has 4,160 residents, making it the least populated district in New Taipei. The number of residents aged 65 and up is 1,368. That is about one in three people. With so many older adults, dealing with dementia is a top priority. According to estimates from the Ministry of Health and Welfare, about one in 30 people aged 65 and up suffers from dementia. This cognitive disorder is not limited to memory loss. Patients experience a deterioration of language skills, spatial awareness, and the ability to perform calculations and make judgments. In Pingxi, older adults often go missing. When that happens, the whole town forms a big search party. There was a man who was worried about his mother, so the whole town got together to look for her. They checked surveillance camera footage and saw she had gone in the direction of the school over there. Everyone was looking for her until 10 p.m., but we still couldn't find her. In the end, her son found her sitting near a stream. The shopkeeper says that seniors sometimes wander in to ask the same questions over and over. 
Do you need to use a garbage bag for this? She asked me the same thing five times. She really didn't know. Later I told her family, but I was dismissed. Her daughter said, It's not like that. My mother isn't like that. When family members refuse to acknowledge signs of dementia, patients can miss out on early diagnosis and prevention. But in 2016, Pingxi's public health center brought in a doctor to service the aging community. That was Ling Tai-ren, who used his expertise in neurology to provide proactive dementia care. The public health center offered rehab sessions to older adults. Lin used the sessions to screen patients for dementia using the ADA questionnaire. Participants saw it just one more step in the routine checkups and were happy to cooperate. For people who did not attend the rehab sessions, Lin adopted a different strategy. We went out to them. We covered 20 boroughs, so we split into four teams, each one assigned to a different area. Each area had more than 300, nearly 400 older adults. We got four nurses to work with us on this project. It took the health center almost an entire year to screen everyone in Pingxi for dementia. After the screening, they encountered an even tougher challenge, that of getting potential dementia patients to go to hospital for a diagnosis. You may want to tell them they have dementia, but they might feel a bit sensitive about the word. So instead, we might tell them, Hey, there could be something funny going on up there. Things can be confusing, right? Do you feel that? Then they might say, Yes, I do get confused. So then I tell them, It's fine. Let's go to the hospital for a checkup to take a look at your head. It can smarten you up and make it less likely that you get into trouble. We say things like that so that we can bring them over. We kind of have to deceive them sometimes. The health center works with the city hospital to offer a fast-track checkup process that can be completed in one day, saving patients multiple trips to the doctor. The process ends with a diagnosis. We found between 105 and 108 patients with varying levels of severity on the clinical dementia rating scale. We had mild patients who are a 0.5 on the CDR scale, all the way up to 3 or 4, which is when they have to stay in bed. We had about 32 to 35 patients with severe dementia. That's patients who are a 3 or more on the scale and who are bedridden. In those cases, their families had them transferred to institutional care. Then there's about 70 or more patients who have stayed at home. Lin's goal was for 70 patients with mild and moderate dementia to remain in the community. With caregiver numbers limited and many adult children working elsewhere, there were 101 older adults in Pingxi living alone. With no family to help out with dementia care, the community had to get involved in supporting patients. We arrange courses for them. So, for example, in the morning, we mostly offer exercise classes. Sometimes adult children who don't live with their aging parents rely on us to keep them updated on their parents' condition. 
Pingxi offers more than exercise classes at the long-term care center. Over the last three years, New Taipei's Department of Health has offered 24 workshops and team-building events to teach local businesses about dementia. The training courses have created a community that's accommodating to dementia patients. Sometimes we can tell if an older adult is behaving a little differently, or if something odd is up. If so, we tell their families. When dementia patients pop in to make the same purchase multiple times, shopkeepers are sympathetic. We are a dementia-friendly business, so I tell their families that they can return all non-perishable goods like canned food. We even let them return things like spring onions and garlic as long as it's within three hours. We're fine with all of that. Across the nation, more than 300,000 people live with dementia. But not every community is as accommodating as Pingxi. The mountain town has become an example of how acceptance and caring for your neighbors can help dementia patients remember to smile, even when other memories fade away. Well, it's been a chilly week under the influence of a cold wave. Temperatures in the early morning fell under 10 degrees in northern Taiwan. Things will start to look up on Monday as the mercury gradually rises. Let's hear from a meteorologist. On Monday, with the weakening of the cold air, high temperatures in northern Taiwan and the eastern half of the island have a chance of reaching above 20 degrees, and in the central and southern regions, it can rise to 24 to 26 degrees. Starting Friday, a small stream of cold air will move southward. Therefore, there may be a chance of localized rainfall in areas north of Taoyuan and eastern regions. However, this cold air is relatively weak, so the rainfall will be relatively light. We expect atmospheric moisture to decrease significantly after next Sunday. With the weather gradually improving over the coming week, it'll be the perfect time for cleaning the house to usher in the new year.